One of the most important things every filmmaker needs is a strong support system. As far as I'm concerned, having a supportive group of family and friends around you is every bit as necessary as any camera or microphone you could have on set. My parents bought me my first camera as a gift for my high school graduation, and later that summer, I used it to make my first television pilot. When I decided to try crowdfunding for my first feature film, my dad was the first person to contribute, and the rest of my family wasn't far behind. My best friend Rob has been there for every one of my films as an actor, musician, boom operator, or just an extra pair of hands on set. And of course, my very patient and amazing, incredible, beautiful, awesome wife opened up our home and cooked dinner for our entire cast and crew on shoot weekends. I wouldn't be where I am today without my family and friends behind me. And the same goes for my guests for this episode. A father-daughter duo who share a love of acting equal to their love of each other and all things film-related. I had a chance to sit down with them during their busy schedule and chat movies in what I'm calling creative conversations. We chatted about the first short film they produced together, a mutual fondness of a certain culinary movie, women in film, and even their participation in the infamous Moonlight Oscar envelope drama. Anyway, welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Scott Lentz, and this is Special Features. I met Brad Hawkins a couple years ago at a networking event for a local group I sit on the steering committee for called Lancaster Film and TV. He had just finished his first short film roller coaster starring his daughter Sarah, who I met a few months later. Together they are known as Dadly Productions, and they produce everything from short films to TV pilots, web series, and feature films. Sarah also owns a branding and production company called Pretty Thing LA that is dedicated to helping women further their careers in the film industry. Fortunately for you and me, I happened to catch them on a week where Sarah was visiting from LA and they were kind enough to sit down with me and talk shop for a little bit. So welcome to the first edition of Creative Conversations. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having us. Very cool being here. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you just came in from LA. Yeah. had a very long flight. Uh, welcome to the land of never ending, ending the <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> so cold. We're, we're going to try to do better <laughs> this time. Uh, you come in. So, um, Brad, I, I want to start off with you. I know you and I share a love of the movie chef. Oh my gosh. Yes. With, uh, writing, written, directed and starring John Favreau. So he's a, he's like a, my role model mentor as far as his, is directing and acting and how he blends those two in his yeah. life. Um, be honest with me. When you first saw that movie, there was a brief moment where you thought you were going to throw it all away and buy a food truck and travel around <laughs> the United States selling Cuban sandwiches. No. So, yeah. so, just, so just me. Okay. <laughs> but what that did make me feel like, though, is it, gave, it inspired me as an indie film maker that you don't have to go the corporate route. Sure. You know that you can, you can do a food truck movie and be happy with that, and do you be your own boss. So that's what really, really inspired me about Chef. Yeah. Leguizamo really sold it for oh, yeah. the whole food truck thing. <laughs> I agree, and I, I, I think we both kind of liked it because there was such a connection between cooking and the creative part of filmmaking. Yes, you can go 
a very corporate route and and even in the in the film industry with studios and things you can go that route and have to deal with all of that you know um sort of thing or you can just buy your food truck and be an indie guy and just cook whatever you want and make whatever you want and go on it such it it spoke to me that and i i'm i'm sure it had that same oh most definitely that whole idea about having to go to the menu and you know this is what we serve on that Mm -hmm. night and this is it made me immediately think of the formula that would be involved if you were uh part of a multi-million dollar film and the pressure that'd be on you to just make money and where that's not where the art really is, you know? And so the freedom to have your own food truck, to make your own indie film, to make your own mistakes, to do it on your budget. But if you decide you want extra tomatoes on that sandwich, that's something you can do and you don't have to ask anybody about it. You can cook your sweetbreads. Exactly. exactly. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Yes. It's uh, very, very sweet. Yes. (laughs) And also just salivating. (laughs) I I learned about Twitter from that movie too. I I knew very little about Twitter until I I wish it were really that easy. (laughs) I think it it oversold uh, quite a bit on the the Twitter end because I put on pictures and I don't get thousands of views. No, it's true. It's yet to happen for me too. Just for no reason. <laughs> it would be nice if yeah. it was that easy to just post a couple things on there. But um, yeah, that's that's living the dream there. So yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's why um, that's why we're all here. We all want to do our own thing, right? So, um, Brad, you started as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how did how did that transition into being a, a director or being a producer? Actually, I'd, if, if I really go all the way back, even as a kid, I was an actor-director. Um, uh, during recess in grade school, I would direct friends to do a little thing that we do at lunch and perform for the class. In sixth grade, the sixth grade teacher had me direct the school play. Um, so I've been doing the acting-directing thing, and then... Uh, uh, when my dad gave me an eight millimeter camera, I started directing my brothers and neighbors into little movies and, you know, cut, copy, you know, c- actually cut and paste and, you know, the old school editing. <laughs> a lot uh, different back then. W- a lot different back then, <laughs> yeah. And then I did some acting in high school, but uh, when, uh, you know, uh, I started acting in theater and such in the Bay Area, and then uh, an agent saw me in a community theater play and said, you should be doing better, and um, so I started putting me, uh, getting me auditions for uh, industrial films, shorts, commercials, and things like that. We were on the verge to move to L.A. This is in the 80s, Um, and uh, uh, we basically decided that, uh, as my wife and I, and at that time, Sarah wasn't even born yet, it was uh, her older brother, Trevor, debate about moving to LA but it was really a smog pit back then I don't know what the, what's happened but the smog was just notoriously terrible back then so um, I started making more money um, teaching acting than acting and so that got me into schools and programs to be uh, an acting coach which then got me to go back to school uh, to get my BA finally they call me non-trad Brad I got my BA at 40 um, and as a teacher uh, uh, in Lebanon, uh, Pennsylvania, I was teaching humanities and uh, was able to start a, a new elective of film as art and a beginning acting class. Retired from that, got back on the horse after I retired um, as an actor. Um, but then it came 
about that time, Sarah started showing interest in acting also. So we were kind of looking for a project for us to do together initially as actors. Um, and uh, uh, so we wrote a screenplay that was way too ambitious. It was like a 35 minute short, which technically is still a short, but right. once yeah. we had somebody look at it, they said, it's this a weird, it's yeah. a, it's a weird no man's land kind of length. Like, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. too, cause I, I kind of fell into that same pitfall too. Like, you know, you write short, ultimately everybody really wants to do features. Sure. You know, right. obviously. So your, your ideas get a little bit longer, but you get in that 30, 35 minute range, you're, you're a little too long to be like a TV pilot and you're yep. not long enough to be a, a feature film and you just can't get into festivals that way because nobody's well, going to program a half hour show. And I had no idea at that point how expensive it would have been. Sure. So when, when a, some, a friend who's a produ- producer read it for me, he goes, this is really too ambitious. You should just maybe shelve this and save sure. it for later. Okay. So Is that still something you want to do? It's something that could be done. It was, uh, who knows? It was it was a fun thing. It, it was more really a good practice. Uh, I like some of the ideas that we have in it. Yeah. I think it feels like something for TV, really, what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I, I feel like we have um, bigger and better things cooking. Yes. Now, so that, yeah. It's, it was a good good thing to hash hash things out and get the lay of the land of screenwriting. It, and yeah, it kind of lit the fire that we needed to do something. Mm-hmm. And that originally was a project we would have both been acting in. I was uh, We wrote a storyline where I would have been her father on camera and that kind of a thing. But what led to... Like, Roller coaster, uh, right? Yeah, uh, was uh, actually based on a true story of Sarah going to an audition, and she sent me. A, I think it was a text at first, right? Yeah, and then it became one of those double, triple text bubble things. Yeah, and yeah. and since we had written this thing before, it's thirty five minutes. Had she wrote me, it's like there's something here. Said, let's move over to email. So she sent me an email with more details on it. And that just popped off the page to me. There wasn't a part for me, but it's like this is a this would be a funny yeah. slice of life of an actor. This is what we should be doing. So, with very little writing experience, I just started hacking it out and then showed it to sent it to the same producer that said the other project was too ambitious. And we didn't hear anything back from the, from him for a while, so I kind of forgot about it for for a while. Then we were out in L.A. Um, I was out in L.A. and we were both looking, doing the acting thing. We were both auditioning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as actors. And we were actually getting ready to go to the Oscars, right? Yeah. Because uh, you, you worked for them or worked for them at that mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. And so Sarah invited me to be her plus one for it. We were getting ready for that. And then we, I get this email that, oh, do you still want to do this movie? And we both kind of forgot about it. So... <laughs> It worked out that uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that. yeah oh yeah that thing. <laughs> it worked out that uh, this friend had uh, another. They were going to be shooting another movie in L.A. and they had an extra seven, eight days on their schedule or something. Oh, I don't know. Something like that. Uh, and anyway, so so if you still want to do it, we want to help you get it started, and that's how Roller Coaster got born. Right. Kind of jumped ahead there, probably. No, you're answering all my questions without asking them. You're oh. very, very rude. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about roller coaster because uh, it's it's about acting ultimately, and that's kind of where you guys both came into it. So, kind of a write what you know kind of thing. Is that where? It came from a real experience right. that, that you had. So um, was this verbatim? Like how, how much creative license did you take? With? It's pretty pretty true to, true to what actually yeah. happened. It was just 
Was an it insane for a roller coaster commercial? Um, no, it was for like a, a video game, but okay. I didn't know that going in. Sure. Um, because uh, they always keep it very hush hush as to who the clients for for the audition. So it was something random that I don't know. It didn't didn't instantly read that this was like a video game or something. It, it just kind of spoke to me. What she was telling me felt like it was on a roller coaster. So we kind of created that as a okay. metaphor sure. and they decided to play with that right. as a journey and make that our surprise at the end that that's where she's heading. Got so. it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so Sarah, you're out in LA, um, and you have your own production, so you have Dadly Productions that you guys are working together, but you're also doing your own right. pretty thing. Yeah. LA. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about that. Cause I know you're big on women in film and you yes. want to help that. So what is your goal? How is that fitting into to helping that happen? Totally. Um, so yeah, it started a new production company called Pretty Thing. Um, it's kind of uh, a twist on the name, uh, almost ten, ten in cheek, because as women, people are like, oh, so pretty, or like, oh, it's so cute. But it's more so we love things that aren't inherently beautiful, um, things that are truthful and raw and real, and there's beauty in that. Um, and we're all about creating change in our industry with bridging the, the gender gap um, as women. Uh, we have to hire each other um, because it's it's about who you know. And so um, we want to have that foundation of like, we already know these women, we can vouch for them um, by doing collaborative things on a monthly basis, whether, you know, if it's just a trade for print photo shoot or something or um, a music video or things like that. Um, so women can meet each other and vouch for each other because that's how people get hired. And so um, we're really excited about some of the stuff that we're developing right now. Um, uh, my producing partner is a screenwriter and um, she's really focused on the TV side. I really love indie film. Um, so we're developing a documentary right now um, as well as a TV series. Um, and in the meantime, uh, we're, we're serving as like film publicists. Um, so we really love vouching for women, empowering women. And so um all of our clients right now are women, which was not not intentional, but um, uh, yeah, we just we love championing for women doing cool things. So, do you have the directing bug yet? Is that is that kind of your no. ultimate goal? Like you want to direct? It? Uh, yeah. No, I don't think I caught that bug. Um, I think the closest closest moment where I felt like maybe is we're developing this documentary that's super close to me, um, but. Uh, I I I much I I much rather create the environment where a director can succeed um, and build the elements that are saleable for the end product and figure out the audience. I love distribution and figuring out why are people excited about this and how do we get get those those butts into the seats, you know. So you're um, true indie film wearing all the hats <laughs> at all times uh, from script straight through to, to distribution. It, you are. Yeah, it's kind of like being like the den mother of a project. I feel like you kind of, you know, you listen to frustrations. <laughs> so, but so somebody walks into your office and they say, hey, I want to talk to your distributor. Okay, do you just turn around and just be like, hey, Just wear a different hat. Just like wear a different Michael hat. Michael Scott, just, yeah, novice, or, or Andy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's <laughs> that's how we all have to do it, you know. It's, I think that's the staple of being an indie film person is you have to do all of it. Do you feel like is it like because when I do that, sometimes I feel like that 
takes away from the thing that I really yes. want to do. Yeah, no, I don't want to be the person that's doing every single thing because it's not productive. And it's also, there's people that are well suited towards mm. different things. I know my strong suits distribution marketing. Um, uh, financing, I'm learning that. And that's because it's by nature. You have I mean, to that's, the, that. that's the golden goose. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my business partner, Maya, is, you know, just great at aesthetics and curation and copywriting. So we all have different strong suits and, but, um, no, being able to recognize that in other people and bring that person into your team. I think that's better. You're going to get a better product anyway. So we we figured that out for us as a father daughter production company as well. And as far as what each of our strengths are and, uh, um, I completely respect what Sarah's learned as a b- producing and the business end of things like that. That's not me at all. I'm definitely uh, more cre- the creative artist and don't don't handle those aspects well. So uh, we've learned where our border is and uh, and where we need to let the other one take over and that kind of thing. Otherwise, it'd be crash and burn. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you did or die trying. Yeah. So that's kind of, um, when you're telling that story, I'm kind of hearing some similar threads that are going in. So was that you and Maya were, were the, the brains behind that for the um, most part? So. Yeah. Um, there, at the, at the beginning of it, it was really just, um, needing things for our reels. Um, Maya's, Maya's a writer, so she needed something that was written and produced that she can show, like, this is what I do. Um, at the time, I was really pursuing acting, um, and we brought into the fold a couple of co-workers um, who was also needing stuff for their reel. Um, but yeah, it, it's really about um, four different women in the entertainment industry and kind of the highs and lows of pursuing what you think will make you happy and who you become in that process. Um, so there's an actor, there's a writer, there's um, a comedian, and then um, one that's kind of figuring it out. And aren't we all? So it was, And it was all female cast and crew. Um, so we we hit, I think it was like 85% of our crew okay. as women. Um, we definitely love the dudes. Um, and uh, our, our DP, Richie Yao, is just phenomenal. Um, and I'm always searching for a great female DPs, mm-hmm. but we had already had this really great relationship with Richie, um, and he brought something really special to it. So we never want to, you know, say like no men, cause like, that's not cool. But also, you know, if we can offer that position to a woman who is just as credible, um, and just that much experience, um, who just hasn't had that opportunity because it is so much networking, sure, yeah. why not? So, well, we had our first, uh, female, Oscar nominated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's kind of advanced. It was, was having an 85% female cast and crew. Was that everything you dreamed of? It, you know, yeah. I mean, I, cause I think it's, it's important to start to make small actions towards equality, um, in the industry. And it really does come down to hiring. Um, because, you know, a man is going to recommend someone that they've worked with before. And traditionally it's been men. So you have to get a woman in those spots just to make it somewhat of an equal playing field. Um, and it's just kind of breaking the cycle. Yeah. Of, you know, yeah. If you only know men. You're right. only going through. It's not necessarily the intent is bad. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you, you want to work yeah. with people, you know, and who doesn't want that. But right. um, yeah. yeah, taking like um, like affirmative action to 
to bridge that. Um, and we want to do the same thing on a project that we're, we're starting now, um, a new short. Um, and being here in Lancaster County, we're, we're trying to find more, more local women in mm-hmm. film. Um, but, uh, yeah, if we can, if we can fill that spot with someone who is just as credible, just as talented, but just hasn't had the opportunity, we want to do that. I'm very much about doing that. Uh, Sarah showed me, um, created, showed me a website with all these women, uh, DPs and the reels I've been looking at have just been knocking me out. I mean, there's some, I just would so much want to work with and I hope we may be able to entice to be part of our team on our new project. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we there are certain people that we are carrying on from um, filling in, uh, very open to filling as many positions as possible with women in film. It's the way I've described it is that if there's a guy I've not worked with before and a woman I've not worked with before, and I feel like their work is both equally impressive, let's give the woman the opportunity. And so sure. that's uh, what we're hoping to do as part of Dally Productions as well, because I really want to support um, and do support what Sarah's uh, uh, passion is to help. I like the way she pushes it to help bridge the gap that's happening currently. Yeah, break that cycle of yeah. keeping things in certain circles. Yeah. I feel like everyone thinks like everything is so nefarious and yeah. it's just this uh, a plot going on to like, I'm only going to give men this in. No. It's exactly what you said. It's just, it's who you know. So right. you got to get, you got to get women into the know, right. into that, that cycle of it because I think you'd find a lot of people are more than willing to, to hire women. Um, but you just need to have that, that connection right. and given that great thing. And I think that's a great thing. And that's a great, it's a really realistic and honest way to look at it um going on so i mean great good luck with that oh, thank mm. you. um um you know um dadly productions is on board and lens films on board you know oh, we're all cool. yeah, i think we all <laughs> see something like that happen um for back to or die trying um is this something that you want to see continue like are you still acting is that ultimately where you want to be oh man that's the question mm. i, I i've I really love producing. I love connecting the dots. Um, there is something special and palpable about being on screen that you're kind of stepping outside of yourself for a moment. And that is cool to watch in other people. And it's cool to like know like I was not like present, but also present. I don't know how to explain it um, uh, as an actor. Um, but I think I really love seeing a project from inception to release more just because uh, you're building that family and you're building all those elements that will make a successful project. Um, and as an actor, you don't really get to see all that. So I think, right? yeah. I don't you don't know. have to choose, Sarah. You're right. a strong, powerful woman. Oh, you can do, thanks. You can do both. <laughs> you can do both. I believe in you. Oh, you thank it. you. So yeah, uh, why, why do you like producing so much? You kind of mentioned you like seeing it from, uh, from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, I really love playing like matchmaker almost with like career types um, or like personality types, uh, especially with, with building a team. I think it's why it's also important to not have only female crew because like I mentioned with like Richie, our, our DP on Order Trying, he's able to recommend people that he's worked with now on Order Trying. And if we just had women in that, he, he may not have been able to recommend those people. Um, where was I going with that? Uh 
Or did I try? You can't pause. It's a, it's a, um, it's a pod and you can't do it. <laughs> I forget. I'm blanking out what the question was now. Or did I trying? Yeah. Um, why do you like producing it? Oh, why I like producing. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, Podcast I, ruined. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, I love um, playing matchmaker on like personality types and seeing how um, other recognizing other people's strengths and how that's going to build to a better product. Um, I, I also really love the development stage um, because there are things that you can do that will help make it an easier sell for investors or for your audience Um, and figuring that out first before creating something and like, oh, crap, now I have a film, I need to release it. I think it's important to be a part of that stage just as much, if not more than the release. So, um, yeah. Yeah. What I... What I really want to get out of these conversations is uh, I always have the philosophy that making movies is making decisions. That's the Mm -hmm. simplest way that you can describe making a film. Um, Everywhere from pre-production in writing and in directing and producing. And and, um, so what I like to ask people is the question, why? Like you hear a lot of information out there about how, like how do I light this scene? How do I you know, do this editing or how to do this special camera trick, but I want to figure out the why you do certain things. So in Or Die Trying, you, you kind of had this, um, I, I, was was Girls kind of an inspiration in that? Because oh, yeah. I, I saw a lot of that same type of like cinematography and story structure yeah. going into it. Why did you think that that was a a similar format that you yeah. wanted to go with? We, and it's, uh, as filmmakers, you always try to like pare it down to like a, this meets that just to be able to ex- ex- explain it to yeah, other people. Yeah, that's how everyone always wants yeah. it sold to them. Like, right. a, like a, everything is some kind of sandwich. Right. Like, so we kind of we kind of been doing like girls meets entourage, but now that it's out and it's definitely more, it's definitely heavy on the drama, less comedic elements. Um, Which one I of you is like the turtle? Turtle? <laughs> From Entourage. Who's oh, turtle? my goodness. Oh, that would probably be Chelsea. Uh, I was going to say Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it may be m- more in line with, like, Insecure, um, uh, where there's still, like, comedic elements. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Girls was just a, an easy parallel, but we weren't trying to be girls or go after girls. It was just more so we really love these characters and how that L.A. story, but more so industry story, hasn't necessarily been told yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been told from the male perspective, like an entourage. But um, I also, you know, like having that be um, seeing seeing the women in industry um discussion at like the the millennial level because there's you know we go to conferences or conventions and stuff where it's women who have like insane credits you know under their belt on imdb you know um you know 20 features and like 10 you know tv shows and it's like that's really cool but like how did you get there and like we want to tell that story um because um so people feel like their stories being told you know yeah I think it's a great it's a great time. It, there's kind of it's double edged sword in some ways because there's so many different ways to get your work seen. You know, right. that it just didn't have 15 yeah. years ago. You know, right. you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have Amazon or Netflix that you know is is accessible for somebody that has a lower budget that you know isn't working with studio backing or name talent. Right. You know, it can get out there and people can see it. But at the same time, it's just a giant sea of everything, and it's it's hard to get noticed in that. Yeah. Um, so 
is that really kind of where that's kind of where I'm 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 seeing this going is just how do I get noticed? In, yeah, in- I think having something that you're really proud of that's out there. Um, uh, and uh, you know, originally when we started, it was just to have something for our reels. Um, this will be evolved into um, we really want to do a season two um, and uh, really develop the project. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I feel like having something that you're proud of and that you've poured your heart and soul into that you can go back and reference also like web series, they compare it to like doing like mini TV without the funding, which is very true because you're, you're in this like incubation period. We worked on it for like two, maybe two and a half years trying to crowdfunding and, you know, um, production. And we shot like a trailer before we even did crowdfunding. So it's a long process, but to, to have that experience under our belt, um, and ins and outs of productions, it's like a crash course in like filmmaking. Sure, yeah. Brad, I feel like we forgot about you. No, no. I'm over there being eye candy. I haven't been called eye candy, I don't think, ever. So thank you. Can you have eye candy on a podcast? I don't know. I don't know. I'm new. I'm new to this, so I don't know, what, I don't know the terminology. One thing I didn't ask you, so I wanted I wanted to record because you were in the audience last year at the Oscars. Yeah. When the whole oh my goodness, um, <laughs> um, the envelope thing, the envelope, envelope gate, oh, yeah. or whatever it's called. So Crazy. yeah, take me through. Oh my goodness, yeah, I was sitting in like moonlight territory. Kind of territory. Um, you were in the moonlight the section, yeah, right? right. Um, yeah, and they like read the envelope, or you know, and but you can tell like something was off with um, Warren Beatty. He like because I I've I've met him in person. He he's he just he's a little bit older, you know. Like he's Warren you Beatty. know yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah um, he yeah. You can tell like something was going on, but maybe he was just kind of like making a joke out of it too, or like prolonging it. Um, but then was it, he couldn't see it. Or something, or he got confused. He got confused. He got the wrong card, or something. Yeah, so he saw. Yeah, because it said like um, Emma Stone. Yeah, so she figured it. Okay. Right. You could tell from his face, even from TV, that he did not know what to do. Yeah, it was clear. So. Well, I did like that they gave him <laughs> the redemption this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I thought that was risky. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> yeah. But um, I didn't actually get to watch it. Did they do like a joke? Out of it, I feel like there was a good comedic comedic opportunity in there. No, not really. They I don't didn't, no, it, 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 this year's Oscars, they there were a lot of surprises with the presenters. Well, you, you were there in the sense of how they dealt with the whole issue with who's going to present best actor, yeah, or best Casey actress. Affleck. Yeah, I'm really yeah. That made me happy that they did. Like I think it was Jennifer Lawrence and. Um, Two, Foster. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. two uh, icons in film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get to watch the Oscars this year because I recently cut the cord, as they say, and I went to Hulu oh, for that. And in gotcha. my area, Hulu does not do ABC. Oh, um, no. You can only watch the recordings after that. Oh. So, and I didn't really realize that it was on ABC until the it's, night of, uh, and I couldn't watch it. So, no. yeah. Well, I'm sure it's online somewhere. And, get it yeah. together, Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that must have been so strange, though, to be. Well, there's a 
Sarah's in so many of the images of that moment right. when they, they <laughs> yeah, reveal the mistake. And you can see her shocked face just right behind the row behind we'll the director. To, yeah. We'll have I mean, to throw that up on. on yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, it was on Entertainment Tonight and everything. It's like, there she is. There she is. There she is. Every time it shows well, I, up. I noticed you when I was watching it and mm because -hmm. I was just looking at a shot of someone. I don't remember who it was. And I had to pause it and take a screenshot real quick. Yeah. And I sent it to you. I was like, yeah, that's right. Is that sir? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks familiar. Uh, so the, the card was red wrong, and you're jumping up with all with Moonlight. Right. So did you yeah. think you were in Moonlight or Oh, I I don't I don't think so. But yeah, I mean you could tell something was going on. I loved how Jordan Horowitz, the producer of La La Land, like handled that situation. It was handled well. Yeah. From from that part. Um, and especially like when you campaign with a like all those films like know each other and they campaign together and right. stuff. So like they've been on like that journey. Yeah. So for them ahead. to be able to be like, no, like this is like my friend, you know, it was so, really gracious yeah. the way it was handled. The whole award season is yeah. you know, a couple months. I kind of feel bad though for Moonlight. Cause then it was, they kind of were robbed of that moment, you know, of being able to like have their initial moment of, we just see some know. guy run on stage yeah. ripping cards out of people's hands. Oh, that was panic moment. But, but but think about li um, live TV. Yeah. That is going to be one for the record books for oh, yeah. forever. I mean, if anything, it's great for both La La Land and Moonlight because that's going to get talked about. Oh, my yeah. goodness, yeah. It's still relevant that's, in, that's the, true. in the conversation for a long time. So, yeah. yeah, at the moment, it probably sucked. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, at least you're... It's going to live on. Right. Yeah, that you don't get to pick on. how you get famous. <laughs> true. <laughs> for whatever reason. So, yeah. Warren Beatty's back on the map. <laughs> A uh, huge thank you to Brad and Sarah for taking the time to chat with me. I had about 16 more things I wanted to talk to them about, so I guess I'll have to have them back again soon. I'm definitely pumped to see what the future holds for them. Uh, in the next episode, I'll share the audio commentary that we did with them. Uh, if you haven't seen either of the projects we talked about in this episode, you can check out Roller Coaster on Amazon and Or Die Trying is on YouTube. I will give you the links to both of those in the description. Speaking of Amazon, uh, when you're done watching Roller Coaster and you're waiting for the next episode, why don't you pop on over and check out Acoustic Arts? Highly recommended by all of the actors and moms. As always, thank you kindly for listening. I hope you found something in this conversation that helps you in your pursuit of making movies. If you want to hear more, be sure to check out our other episodes. Right now, there are only two others, but you know what? I don't know when you're listening to this. It could be right after you got your Facebook alert that a new episode was available, or maybe it's several months, even years into the future. I don't know. You can listen whenever you want. Either way, please take just a couple seconds to leave a review and a rating. If you're not familiar with podcasts, it really does help. For some extra coverage, including exclusive pictures and videos, follow us on Instagram at specialfeaturespod. Until next time, try to stay out of trouble. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.